for anyone that you're a stranger to tell us as much as you want about you like no yeah okay that's a great way to 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 phrase it no <laughs> um i am just a university of texas longhorn honestly that fell into esports i actually came to ut um texas native from AM area uh texas AM university uh vicinity and didn't want to go to that big state school it's the, one of the biggest in the, in the nation uh, like 60 i think they're trying to get 70,000 students um the this, size difference between you and them um we are sitting around like 50 55,000 if you in include like grad students and they're <laughs> 60 65 i think shooting for 70 75 or something stupid like that i've heard from admins and i'm just like geez um, but they, they they have a little bit of a different vibe to them. I won't speak mm. too much. Um, they're really well known in Texas as like being like almost like a, a cult following of sorts that is mm. like good or bad, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, UT was kind of like is like the rebel school, the more liberal school, as people like to say. Um, yeah. The blue, the blueberry, and the uh, tomato soup is what I hear a lot of people, or I've, I've heard as an interesting phrase of like describing Austin and UT inside of Texas. So that's pretty interesting to think about. Blueberry um, and tomato soup. I have yeah. No clue what you're saying. <laughs> okay, never mind that. Never mind that. If anybody in politics, yeah, could could educate you on the side. No. <laughs> why probably? Um, why probably knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but but basically, I, I graduated um, high school and was looking at esports related um schools or schools that had things going on esports related and this is like 2015 so there was only like a handful of schools that had something official of course um and in texas there was basically nothing but i saw texas esports association slash longhorn gaming at the time kind of popping off as a student club or whatever they were because they were transitioning or in their first couple years of being like an arm of blizzard at the time so yeah. I saw I saw that and was like UT's really cool, really good school. It was my backup school, but I, I went anyway. Um, and spent basically the next six years involved in that club, um, getting really, really passionately connected to the League of Legends players and the League of Legends community, which is essentially what the club was like centered around. It was originally a StarCraft club, as many of the OG like collegiate esports yeah. organizations were in, in college. Um and then kind of transition into being basically a, a League of Legends club with, of course, all these other sub communities um, on the outskirts and the Smash community blossoming into its own student organization as well. Um, and throughout my like five years I, I spent there from 2015 to 2020 as a student, I got to kind of really integrate myself into the surrounding kind of like esports ecosystem in Austin that was kind of growing out of um, different different places one was dot esports at the daily dot it's a local it was a, a founded in austin the daily dot uh, online publication and they made um, a bunch of different verticals inside themselves you know geek culture or you know um, esports was one and et cetera, et cetera. and i saw them coming to longhorn gaming and started to kind of like sprout my media wings through them and did a lot of videography, photography, video editing uh, for them. And once their video team died, it split out all across a bunch of different media startups in Austin. Ended up working for those as well as creating media content for Longhorn Gaming, that student club on campus that eventually I helped transition into a uh, sponsored student club. So kind of like elevating that registered student organization 
into a you know um basically like a sub department of a of a real department or like a um, yeah i think we have the same thing here where it's like it goes a little bit further than the normal student orgs where they get like a little bit more uh access to the budget and say so and whatnot yeah 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 the tldr is there's budget now from the university it's not like all grassroots driven or or self self-made stuff it's like you get support you get you get attention and support from the university more so and not just like you could reserve rooms which was the only real big thing that you could do when you when you register as a regular student organization and that happened with with the student union so that was the big first step of like creating um esports or, or making of esports more official on campus of course and i graduated worked for a mobile esports company um in the area called tribe gaming they're like the number one north american mobile esports content collective creator collective whatever what agency whatever you want to call them as well as like mobile esports teams and then quit that job once i kind of like started feeling like i outgrew my position there and then wanted to prepare myself to work for ut once a position became available to advise the club and manage a space and start building like an esports brand on campus and program eventually so that's where i'm at now after about 10 or 11 months of yeah. uh how'd you know they were going to bring up a spot so i before i graduated i was the first esports intern for the the student union group on campus underneath student affairs so they already were in close communication with me after um they reached out and i think they reached out to the club and i was president of the club at the time and they were like hey i hear all these other state schools doing something with esports at the time now ut arlington ut dallas um, which are other sister schools to University of Texas at Austin, which is like the main campus, big, biggest biggest school. Um, we're doing something esports related. They had a small space. They had really big, you know, donations to this um, idea that they didn't really understand. And they had, you know, teams and high level recognition from like the board of regents or whoever above yeah, yeah. above everybody. And so they were like, how do we, you know, integrate e-gaming you know what they say and and inside into campus in some sort of capacity and yeah, yeah. a different a couple of different bodies on campus kind of like caught wind of like esports is coming and and you know different campuses in different ways um that was like the college of fine arts the communication school a little bit um the engineering school even was like in talks about it. abuse of it yeah it's like they all wanted to basically figure out if they could be the champion of it and benefit from it the most and put their brand on it that's how i guess if you're not from a big school that's how big schools work is like they kind of internally compete you know all the colleges want their uh brands of their stamp on whatever it is that's coming from ut so they get more students coming to them and more everything else or whatever um it's it's the same with some private schools some private schools really want to like champion where it lives in but then other schools like mine it doesn't matter where it lives in because uh i guess it's a little bit less departmentalized in that sort it's more like the whole school as a whole because it's so small they kind of support each department but they're what you're saying like your whole story a lot of this has happened here in ohio too so like Kent state started doing something and made ohio state do something cincinnati state started doing something and then your story closely matches uh I was talking to a girl from 
Ohio University, uh, the Bobcats, and they did the same thing where they they brought in an advisor intern to like see what it is and how they could do it. And I think now they're at the stage of like hiring someone. So you've already done the hiring part. I think they're doing what you just got done doing the past, you said 10 months. Yeah, kind of. It's been like, there has been always like the president of the club and maybe that like handful of people at the top of the club advising as an intern or like half hire right that's not getting paid of course but is like giving feedback on like how spaces should be built and like event support or whatever and now it's now yeah that full position was kind of like instated once there was a need for retail management actually so that's the the angle that they were coming from because we had a space built um approximately like one year ago now uh built by technically um dell directly and my area on campus just kind of like cleared out the space a small like 600 barely over 600 square foot space for you know a a land center and we we kind of got that that running um they got that running by themselves but they didn't know what to do with it the the current admins um so they were just thinking we need somebody to run it like a business and, you know, charge, you know, hourly rates and make sure that it's a, a nice reservable space and people are happy and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they were looking for somebody to hire to manage that. But there was, of course, a lot more back end or like work behind the scenes that they didn't, they didn't realize that this position should integrate into. And that's where I've been kind of like filling in those gaps and teaching them that this position should be working on bigger picture ideas, which is building out that program. Yeah. And with the the retail and selling, did that follow through? Was that successful to where they wanted to keep doing that? Are they pressuring you to keep doing that? Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now because it wasn't initially um, a, the, the, the original system is, was, it is free to use to everybody on campus. Yeah. So I see you pulling it up now. So this is the Alienware Longhorn Esports Lounge that I'm talking about, that 600 square foot land center. Um, this is in our. Is that student... what it looks like right now? Yeah, yeah. So this is our That's student crazy. union. With it's it's like really you know fancy HDR photography where they took a bunch of flashes all over the room to make it look really spaceshipy. But it's 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 definitely a different looking space than anywhere else in the building. The building's 100 years old almost. It's about to have its. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm in the 90... same kind of yeah. Yeah, it's like about to be um, 100 years old and and we have this spaceship type thing inside of it is what it looks like to a lot of people and it's it's super cool that it's you know in a high foot traffic area um, and maybe it kind of sticks out as a sore thumb in some some people's eyes but really great to uh, capitalize on like people coming in from west campus where a lot of people live that, which is technically off campus so they just call it west campus um, they come in through this like area and walk through the union and figure out, you know, there's a bowling alley here, there's air hockey and pool tables, and oh, now there's an esports arena. So that's where, like, so it's my like department plugged it in. Hub. Yeah, it's, it's one of the main community hubs, because we have, like, another student union, basically, across campus, and there's a bunch of other buildings. But this is this used to be the only one back when, you know, the university was in its infancy, but now it's, like, trying to catch up and be cool still. Yeah. <laughs> this is its way of trying to catch up and be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I, I, like I, expanding go on sorry i forgot to say that like the the whole um whole like charging aspect and, and revenue model um started actually in june in the summer this past month so 
we are getting, you know, summary feedback of, you know, a few dozen students here and there, orientees when they come in. But, you know, it's it's still kind of like in a testing phase where I'll figure out next month once school starts up, is this like really going to be sustainable? Are we going to get a crap ton of pushback? Um, what's going to happen? Pushback I'm, I'm, from students? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, tuition. Is the idea is know, charging them or charging outsiders? So the idea right now is um, doing an hourly rate for all students that are going to be using the space, just like oh, right. any other retail. Yeah. I could see yeah. you getting some pushback with that. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, it's going to be natural. I don't know all the details of what Akron did, but Akron started off that way, too. They had a big space and they were renting it out. Um, man, I don't remember what they said recently. I went to a well, naked I, region, regional with them. Go I on. just talked. I just talked to... Hunter, it's been a long time, yeah, but Hunter's yeah. from Texas. He went to Abilene Christian, oh, okay. and I, I was like, yo, so I hit him up because I was actually going to go and visit Akron because I was like, wait a minute, Akron seems to be really, really good. Everybody tells me it's a really, really good place to kind of like reference models off of because we're in similarly positioned with like multiple spaces because we're building a second space um, and we're going to kind of use the spaces differently. So he mentioned that they did start off charging and it just kind of like fell flat and they ended up cutting it and scrapping it and finding other ways to fund themselves, especially with with uh, summer camps. Yeah, I definitely would go visit. I visited before I started my program and just right off the bat, I saw like having distance between where you are even if you have multiple people to manage it, it just uh, it disorganizes things. It uh, disconnects whatever it is you're trying to connect. So like even if you want one space to be club, another space to be varsity, another space to be whatever else you want, like production or something, that distance is like counterintuitive. Uh, it just makes it a bummer to like manage. So first off, I was like, I want to be in my own building. Um, I don't want it to be spread all over campus. So I... They got a new, oh, and you got a new engineering building when I first got there. And their old engineering building was completely empty. And I was like, all right, I want these three rooms. I'll fill this up with like 40 PCs, an office, a production room. And then as we grow, because I was like, I didn't know if, like, I could have failed. And I was one of the first like 10 schools in Ohio doing this. And the school thought I was going to fail. I thought maybe I was going to fail. So I didn't want to take too much space. I was being kind of like a... Frugal, I guess, is maybe the right word. Just uh, cheap with it, not wanting to spend too much of their money and make it more of a disaster if it was a disaster. Uh, but it ended up being really good. And then when uh, I was starting to get the idea of like, I want to expand, get like a console room for Smash Brothers and stuff like that, maybe expand production or VOD review rooms, people took over every other space all around me. And I think that's like a theme with a lot of universities is like, if there's space open, someone's going to take it. And yeah, that's what Doc said, you. right? Doc, Doc said it basically at the um, NACAD event. I may have missed it, but like, I'm sure he would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first, I think it was the first first couple conversations he mentioned was like their space, and this is at, at uh, Boise. Um, they, or no, no, it was their like second space, I think, where it was a small room and then everybody else yeah, took over other rooms and they ended up having to move because they oh, needed yeah, more I space, remember. but they when took they too long. When they were in their classrooms is what they were saying. Yeah, and... something like that. But yeah, so for for me, honestly, there isn't really any space. It was just like we can convert this space if we, you know, if enough like funding falls in our lap, you know, then like yeah. might might as well. Um, we I think something I'm thinking about that could be possible is that we just kind of like push out things that we think could be of more value to the community and to the students. 
if it were gaming and esports related because like there's still going to be like pool tables and air hockey tables in the vicinity kind of outside yeah. of the the new space the uh, the arena which is directly beneath the the current lounge and if we end up like overwhelming the this arena space with with uh viewers because i'm there's no there's no real like viewership area uh or viewing area so yeah. i i can see how like we can end up pushing pushing things out of the way but you know it, we're super limited on space at, at, at our campus especially i feel like <laughs> yeah and like there's a lot of different like pros and cons to like having a space like that and whatnot because i know like when boise started they were like the main people to have a space to have like a LAN and showcase it and whatnot. And they just didn't have high schools around them. They didn't have other colleges around them. The space just wasn't get used. Uh, but then it ended up being really good. I don't know if they planned for this or they just like went with it because they had the space, but then like developing their production crew and having the production space to do that, super relevant. I, when my program was starting, a lot of other programs around us, everyone was talking about like how to, I don't know if they took Boise and they were like, how do we get an arena where we can have people spectating and have all that stuff? And most of us small private schools, we don't have stuff around us to where we'd have a big audience come out and like the high schools around us, most of them are like three hour drive. That'd be them like staying at a hotel if you do like a normal land because lands are usually like 13 hours in a day or maybe two days. So I didn't do any of that stuff. I advised a lot of people to not do that. But I think for you, it'd be like really beneficial because I think Texas, if it hasn't already blown up and you can talk about that after, is going to start blowing up. I think if you don't have a high school association yet, you're going to have one and it's just going to get huge. I think you're going to have more and more colleges, more states copying you guys and more privates copying the privates that have already been doing it too. I, I haven't gotten like numbers from this high school area um, or middle school even, but I've, I've been getting requests pretty much since day one, since like my position was created, since the, the lounge opened up. And that's like, you know, nearby schools, schools two plus hours away that they're driving from in the rural parts of Texas. Yeah. Um, that that all started clubs of some caliber or at least one little team and want to come out and see what UT's doing. So it's like we're we're prime positioning. Uh, we're in a prime position to actually like do a high school championship for Texas state championship yeah. because we're right in the center of Texas. Everybody already comes to uh, UT Austin when um, you compete in UIL, which is University Interscholastic League, like academics. So when you compete like in uh, academic competitions, you go to oh, okay. um, regionals and you go to state and state is hosted. The state championship for those things is hosted on campus. Um, why not, you know, have it for also whatever esports league that they're a part of? And I, I, I'm thinking that they're doing it right now in sort of like, you know, esports stadium Arlington, if, if there's any sort of connection there that they can make or, you know, UT Dallas or something like that. We should be stepping up once the arena comes online because we have the we'll have the space for it basically. Um, yeah, and see, like it seems like you guys are growing in a different path than you guys being Texas, a different path than Ohio did. So Ohio, we got a bunch of schools. The high schools followed up afterwards, but most of the schools didn't really gear towards hosting things and bringing people out. So like, if you would visit Akron, you could also visit uh, Cleveland, Kent State, uh, and maybe also. Cleveland State. I don't know if they have a bigger esports thing. I think they do. I think they're building their own. But they were renting out the the basketball team that's there. I don't remember the name. But they have their NBA 2K 
esports land center that's pretty geared out oh. like 40 pcs good production around it and nice. they, they made it to where it could be like a lot of streamers in the room and stuff like that but they didn't use it that much either they couldn't get people to come out to their events they were trying to link it towards like nba games and gamers weren't doing that link but most of their money is made through high schools renting it out colleges renting it out because like kent state and cleveland state have been renting it for a while and yeah, it sounds like it's an easy revenue stream if you have people within the area. But then it, yeah. it's going to get weird because you also have a huge club. You're going to have varsity teams if you don't already have it. And, you know, you won't be able to share that space. It's going to be Omega used. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a delicate balance because you're right. We we do have, you know, a dozen teams that we'll have to figure out, you know, which ones are really going to be like UT esports varsity level, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know who's going to get that priority access of course but then if we do start doing events that are integrating high schools or middle schools state championships or even like um i'm seeing pro teams like semi pro or, or um amateur teams like trying to you know find spaces for practice like long term practice or hosting their events or activations you yeah, know yeah. this is this is all going to like bubble up on top of each other if like we want to be open to everybody and we're we started to see like small hints of that with our small space and like when they're when the word got out of the arena coming online it's like oh crap okay we, we i need to <laughs> i need to basically start thinking about you know who to prioritize between all of those and wh what's what's actually going to be like our north star to, to to help us like make these hard decisions of like who who to prioritize yeah, and is it mostly you making those decisions? Are you and a supervisor that's in touch with what's going on? Or is it like you were hired as the expert to like figure this yeah. out, just figure it out type thing? I I have a lot of a lot of um input, so that's good. I am managed by the senior retail manager of of this building specifically or this kind of group of buildings. So that's and, Can you and explain we, retail manager? Because when I yeah. hear that, I think like a store at the mall. Yeah, and honestly, kind of. So so that's where, I, again, remember the angle that my department's coming from is like how to plug in esports as a, as a revenue generator, revenue generating space, just like a yeah. bowling alley. So I'm underneath the bowling alley manager, basically. And then above oh, okay. him is like the director of facilities and operations of all of the buildings that fall under our our uh, university unions like department so that's like all the student union-esque buildings on campus we we being that first og one from you know 100 years ago um we kind of get a lot of you know focus but um it's still like then at the very very top tr making those those high level decisions and kind of asking me does this make sense um for the students because they don't really know what the students want at, you know from from this side of campus um, or or like you know how to what the teams need or, or whatever um and what, again what was... the money to be made was from the students like when when they say retail they're trying to retail towards students and their families and whatnot kind of like uh, a bookstore uh clothing shop like we went to at boise yeah, so they they weren't really sure at first, and and it's kind of like, what are all the different models? Well, sponsorships, charging hourly, um, renting the space, those were pretty much the the, the main ones, and they just didn't have um, an idea of like which one would work in our specific context. So I am going to be trying to lean away from, of course, charging hourly, trying to get more sponsorships since we are such a big brand. We just need to put our name out there, but we don't have a cohesive name. 
you know, Alienware Longhorn Esports Lounge isn't an esports department or UT Esports or Texas Esports or Longhorn Esports. So it's kind of confusing, I'm sure, to people. It looks like it's already branded and nobody would probably want to, like, come out of the woodwork and say, like, no, I want to fight Dell and Alienware to, yeah. you know, give you money instead. Or, like, no, it's just, we, we need to put out our messaging a little bit better there. But, um, yeah, so the idea is basically whatever works, we can't fund our entire building and operations through like student union fees because our school is so big. So they all, we're in like an auxiliary um, category. There's like categories of buildings and, and areas of campus. So auxiliary um, buildings have to generate basically all their own money or, you know, be self-sustainable. So is that the same we, with your, cause I'm sure there's probably like differentiating between like what you're doing with the building and the facility and then also the esports part of it, like the, uh, it's both esports, but like the club or the varsity teams and whatnot. So I, I'm guessing you're in the middle of pushing back on that. Can you go into more detail of that or no? Yeah. Do you I, get what I'm saying I'm, with it? I'm kind of confused on, on the question. Yeah. So you're talking about how the building and you being in charge of that building and maybe there's someone before you where it's like generate this revenue you're in that auxiliary building you're supposed to be doing that or, then... or or one thing real quick quick clarification this building's like you know employs like you know 100 people so it's a really big building i'm just like one little tiny section yeah, yeah. of it okay, okay in your own like spot of it yeah 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 okay okay but that spot is also supposed to be hosting the esports club the esports people the esports students the gaming community uh, but it, it does, it's sounding like it doesn't make complete sense to be retailed out like that. Right. So what's the pushback of like the, the varsity teams, the esports clubs, I'm, I'm assuming there's multiple clubs. Cause it sounded like you were talking about, like, there's the smash club and a couple others. So it's, uh, it's fragmented like that. Is it still fragmented? This is like a super loaded question. So yeah. Yeah. T uh, communities are still fragmented for the most part, but they are working together more and more. Um, there isn't pushback yet because we haven't started charging for the space for anybody. Like this first pretty much full academic year that it's been operational since I came on um, in September as a full-time employee, it's been free to everybody. And I just kind of like facilitate um, team reservations, student org reservations, whether they're gaming or esports e related or not. Maybe it's just like a random, you know, nursing club that wants to just host a social or whatever yeah we've um, had the same I, stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so it's just like facilitating all of that um getting feedback from there now that we're starting to charge um i do now am going to i you know obviously i'm going to get pushback but yeah it's just like i don't i have to figure out now it's going to basically give me incentive to want to try to make sure that we're not going to be relying on this income and tell my superiors hey look how much it's not being used now when we had two and a half thousand students come through when it was free obviously it's going to go down when we charge but it it's not like even a you know 50 60 70 it's more like 80 90 95 percent decrease you know yeah now even regardless of the price and whatnot is the space and the space that's there's a space coming too right being yeah built? it's opening up in safe to say like end of this upcoming semester like november and all the same structure wanting to make money from it and have it be self-sustaining type thing yeah right? b basically a bigger version of the the lounge which is 600 square feet this one's going to be about three and a half thousand um and it'll have also a production component which of course people are like oh 
we can sell that too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it seems like you're in the building where like, that's going to be the conclusion of like anything that happens in there. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Like no hard, like if, you know, they were watching, it's like, I understand where they're coming from. No, no, it's but, completely understandable. It's yeah, just a new it, concept that I've heard of. So like, I've heard of a lot of different concepts now of like different state schools doing different things, different private schools doing different things. This one's by far like the most rare. Yeah, it makes sense in like a city where you have like I think a good amount of people will come through for like their clubs, parties in the summers, uh, just random student use. You probably would get success from that. But then if I put myself in your shoes, I feel like I would get a ton of pushback from the students that want to use it for just practice and they want to have consistent practice every week. And they wanted to just be a normal thing as if they're like almost an athletics team type thing. That's where it's probably going to get weird for you, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. We will have like our separate space. That's like eight computers in a room that will be just for, you know, varsity teams or maybe like varsity teams and then have first priority. The club teams have second priority, but that's still only eight computers for potentially a lot of club teams and, you know, a couple varsity teams. Um, I don't know how frequent the reservations are going to be, but I could see if we market it appropriately, we could probably in one day have the camps and the events throughout the year by external non-students or, or UT affiliated people um, and UT affiliates be able to kind of like create enough revenue that we don't even feel like it's you know necessary to charge hourly anymore. That's 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 where I'm thinking it's gonna maybe be a possibility that we can push for yeah i could see that happening um man i keep not wanting to interrupt and then i forget my <laughs> this is why i need a script uh so i'm trying to like tap into like what i did what it's like for you at a scale so like i definitely did like the first string varsity second string jv and then third string like club level and uh i have 25 pcs two rooms and my club level people are not able to use those rooms and i only have four games going i have rocket league valorant overwatch and league and uh it just sounds like it's going to be a struggle yeah and, okay actually that's that's something that i should be like really tapping on you and, and others on for or like tapping you for because yeah and i'm trying to like relate my small school into your big school because i'm sh i'm sure like each of your clubs is almost as big as my whole program maybe well i mean um uh, yeah every single one's very diverse and like you know differently organized like say yeah, like how big one. is your smash club uh okay yeah it's like if they if they put on like their big free you know intro event you know they're pulling in like a hundred people or something but that some of them are going to be outside of uc um but, but like yeah, if they, they wanted to practice and oh, oh yeah like, think I mean, of varsity have, team, yeah like think of like a varsity team or a jv team or whatever like string team whatever you want to call it wanting to use the facilities it, i'm assuming the school's like big in-person type thing right like you're going to have players that are dormed up and then apartments commuting but they still would like the idea of a space to play, and you're trying to fulfill that, right? Yeah, and I could see the the ten or so like A and B, you know, uh, uh, crew battle teams like wanting like really consistent usage of the already like set up, you know, stations in the console area. And then I, I don't want to scare you with this, but then when you multiply that with like maybe a CS team, a League team, a Valorant team, an Overwatch team, 
that's that's a lot of PCs and uh, a lot of time because they they're they're probably at the point where they would want to some teams would want to practice like 15 to 20 hours a week and then when you start multiplying that because that's what my teams do my school is pretty intense academically so we don't push like any more than like 15 hours a week with all of our teams but i'm assuming other schools are able to do a little bit more and i know these other schools do a little bit more the ones that like compete nationally and like win like national championships they're i mean they're playing in the summer they're playing like probably 30 40 hours a week uh that's yeah that makes sense and that's where like i guess it's scary to that, hear it was it well, in your brain something to emphasize or something i want to emphasize is how that the actual esports component from in a traditional sense of esports the word and outside of academia it's like um i'm not i'm not super focused on you know i'm not i yeah. want the teams to be able to compete and play in the spaces at their you know most fair leisure but of course like i don't have the time as a one person team managing you know two different facilities uh, you're kind of managing but, something different and then trying your best to help out the other yeah and then yeah. like doing um advising the the student club and then having to kind of like work with dell and alienware obligations because of their branding uh and their sponsor or donorship um yeah. it's it's just like that takes up 99 percent of my time and i pull um i pull basically from the club leaders the current esports director of the student club of longhorn gaming and say set rules set guidelines that makes that the teams all have to follow to actually yeah. get use use of the spaces hopefully only like the the most you know fair and understanding and actually like adamant and and communicative ones or teams you know follow those guidelines and come together and are basically going to run themselves like they have been but i'm just making sure that the the users of the space is fair that's what i can kind of like see for at least the first year after maybe a year of like having both both uh facilities being operational and the teams kind of like now have an understanding or precedent of like how the space is used and like what it means to be varsity versus club for space usage yeah then we can elevate that to like you know setting you know more more defined goals for like the actual teams and competition and practice times and everything like that but at the moment it's just like all right you guys do what you got to do and uh just let me know when you need the space (laughs) and so that story and everything with like the facilities and you helping make this happen for the school the way the school wants you to make it happen that all makes sense now when it comes to, and this will be like multi-parted question too, but I'll, I'll try to remember the others. I'll ask the first part now. So the leadership in your club, you probably have better leadership or one of the best uh, of most schools in the nation because you've been so long running, some stemming from TESPA, like original TESPA. Uh, you guys ran, like you guys did what esports is doing now for a while. So there's probably like some continuity of that with like presidents replacing themselves leadership replacing themselves probably like a good structure for teaching people and reteaching and then people that stuck around like you where you graduated and you still like helped out afterwards so i'm assuming you have really really good club support be it like a volunteer support so just yeah. go in depth with that i guess yeah no that's that's a great point and i really really love and the 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 pseudo praise because it's not 
fully true, I would say, um, to, to break it to you. Well, the thing yeah. is, it's, it's probably not true to you because you know the actualness of it. But yeah, it does if, look if like I would it, go into the details it. of mine or some of the other schools, you definitely have something that's helpful. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of us yeah. do not have what you have, because I'm sure you could go into the details of where someone's competent, incompetent, the problems, the, the good things and whatnot. But at least you have people there that care and want it to be a sustained thing and want to help you build it. Somewhat advise you and push back and not push back in a malicious way. Hopefully, hopefully you don't get any of that when like the team start wanting the space and whatnot. But even if you do, it's from a point of like care and you have a big population within those clubs. Um, I, I would like remind that that's like a big asset, uh, even though like I'm probably like having some empathy with you right now where it's like. There's probably some case, people cases where it's like, well, if you knew about this person, you wouldn't be saying that. Or if you knew no, about this year at the club. Yeah, you actually fixed. Yeah, you you kind of fixed what I was thinking, because I was originally thinking like, man, like, have you seen like UC San Diego and how they have like an HR team and how they're recruiting and teaching their next generation and of their club. Right. Yeah. And, and they're it's just like trying gaming is phenomenal insane like i was like blown away when i was learning uh i i worked with um uconnect and through uconnect esports um they're one of their programs that they're running i worked with a uc san diego trying gaming uh student and just learned about their club structure and immediately took him and hit some of his officers to my club on campus and was like talk to each other and learn from each other because i d i feel like you know Longwood Gaming hasn't had that really great um, passing down of knowledge because uh, it kind of has changed so much since TESPA days where it rebranded, kind of completely cut ties from TESPA people in some aspects because of drama or because of just whatever. Um, yeah, or just there's a time. couple different breaks with that. And we don't yeah, <laughs> so, so, so many cycles basically from 20, like 10 to now to where a lot of a lot of that information and how to structure yourselves has been lost but also we've just been around so long that it's like you have to rebuild it because everything's different now and the leagues are run differently and the clubs are run differently etc more clubs form but i would say or i would agree with you from what you brought up oh it is actually an incredibly valuable phenomenal thing that we have dozens of students you know honestly we have about seven officers or I would say seven like high-level directors in the club that manage the the main Longhorn Gaming like umbrella organization. But if you want to count like all these other sub communities, you know they have a handful of people each, depending on the game, that are like super crazy passionate about getting people together to play. You know, yeah, a, a game in their club. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's just like holy crap. Yeah, you're right. We have, you know, probably you know close to 100 students that super duper care about everything about their game or their community or their friend group that was built around this game. So I can pull yeah. on them on any time to kind of like want to build something, honestly. And that's really, that's, that's a, yeah, something I need to think about more or appreciate more. I think you will, as long as you like talk to some people that like don't have what you do, like me, I probably have like two people that would be on caliber of your 100. So I have like a club president that loves what he does. Wyatt was a student of mine. He loved what he did. And like, I, I got to see how much output a student like that can have. And like, I was yeah. a student like that too. When I was at SIUE, I was one of those first TESPA chapters. And uh, I was super passionate. I was in control of like the competitive side and just like making teams and competing. That alone is like basically a job. I didn't have a job in school so I could do that and build my resume. I thought it was building my resume for something, 
couple years after graduating, I was like, okay, what did I do this for? There's no jobs like this. I could start coaching league if I want to. But then like I did coach league for a couple of years. I was on an amateur team and like a gaming house and whatnot. And then people just started hiring. Harrisburg started hiring. A couple of schools in Ohio started hiring. Um, it was probably like two years or maybe three years after Dan was doing Maryville. And then RMU did their thing for a little bit. Uh, this can tangent all over the place, but I wanted to finish off asking those questions. So I asked about like the student volunteers. What about student work? Do you have a, so for me at ONU, there's a, there's scholarship that comes in through admissions and let's say a student can get like, I'm making this up because I don't actually know. I usually send it to admissions and they do everything for me or like financial aid and they do everything for me. But like a student's able to get 30,000 in scholarship, like all the different things they could do, like grant, whatever. I'm just making this up. Now, okay, like if, they only get, <laughs> if they only get 20,000 because it's academic and esports and a couple other things and whatever, and they have like $5,000 left of scholarship they could have, that becomes like work study money they can tap uh -huh. into. And that's like student worker hours that they can do uh, for the rest of the year. Now that gets pretty confusing. I don't know the details on that. It'd be great if I invited someone on this episode that knows the details of that because what I've heard and read and seen some write-ups on that I haven't read <laughs> completely is uh, a lot of this money comes from federal. And especially if you're at a state school, you probably can tap into that federal. So I was just curious if there's any like student worker stuff happening, if you know where the money comes from, but it sounds like it's probably different with you with that whole retail aspect where the worker would have to be funded through you, I assume. Yeah. So it is, it is at the moment, we're just another area. They, they cut us up on campus or they cut us up in our building. You know, if you're a part of that bowling alley, if you're a part of like, you know, um, at some other retail place on camp or on uh, inside the student union so we in our area have you know the student workers that are paid through our budget that i well, am unclear of right now because that first year was just kind of like do whatever you yeah. want um but yeah basically that it comes out of our just kind of general general budget for the union as a whole or university unions um and my actual when you student say workers, union it's uh the building yeah, or so it a, okay. it's it's too it's it's yeah, it's confusing. So because I was thinking maybe it's student org, but then it also seems like it's maybe so, student org and the building or uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Student what org is like student recreation, student org uh, is like clubs and whatnot. No. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. completely just the building. Um, mm -hmm. The building is called the Texas Union, the conglomerate of buildings that it's a part of and which which is uh labeled at, at which is labeled university unions as a whole it's that's 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 kind of like the annoying yeah, yeah. anyway I'll try to... <laughs> so university unions texas union anyway so yeah well, i have student labor of course that run the facility i don't run front desk and check people in maintain the space 24 7 i have a couple of students that are employed um daily and it's paid or... through a budget that you don't see at the moment i'm assuming Yes, that's basically it. That's basically it. And now with the budget that you're creating, um, that's still budget for running the facility. Uh, maybe like, I'm trying to think of like facilities costs, but it would be like facilities cost, your pay, student student labor that you would bring in type pay. Yeah. Um, um let me actually note there. That's that's a good point. So yeah, so the my pay student uh, labor cost of like running the lounge and then a future arena, um, you know, 
cleaning reservations that sort of work um yeah. as well as as well as like you know buying things that need to be bought to fix the space or like improve the space or whatever games for the space maybe um yeah that's all mine but that means also i wanted to point out then the club longhorn gaming actually since it's been elevated to that sponsor student organization status that level two or max level student organization yeah. it has its own budget completely separate from us at the moment yeah. and, and that's what I they have... would be using to spend towards you to reserve the space do a land no they're no? actually okay. using it all for free uh they'll, they'll be they're using the space for free and they'll continue to use it for free although it's going to be a little bit more like you know rules to follow and and what is theirs versus not yeah. theirs because um, it's kind of like at the opportunity cost of you needing to rent it out or make money with it so that you can keep doing that thing for free for them right ex yeah exactly but but okay. something to, to note is the team aspect like they're going out to lands like we went out to dreamhack dallas we went out to cecc and it's like part of it's my budget to get me out there but also yeah. part of it's their budget to rent a car or whatever and feed them. So it's, it gets really confusing now of like, wait a minute, we're in the same area, but we have two different budgets. And eventually once we do the separation of varsity and club teams, there's going to be like, is are are they going to be absorbed now into ours, the varsity teams? And yeah, that, that's going to get crazy. Cause yeah. I'm sure your department, your supervisor, that whole building and structure of like budgeting, they're not going to know what it looks like to see you know, renting buses, vans, fees for conferences for the games or stuff like that. So that's not something that's... Well, they're, they're like, capable and, like, experienced with it, actually, because there's another student group that is advised and, like, plugged into a department on campus that's purely for, like, event, like, um, I don't even want to, like, I don't want to say just events, but, yeah, pretty much. They're called events and entertainment um we so have something like that here uh that's also that upper level student organization so like when orientation happens or when freshmen come in for the first week they do a lot of those events maybe similar for you yeah pretty much the, the, there's like a combination of those types of events and then like other one-off random events that they host throughout campus and um, yeah it, it sounds like we have the same thing yeah it's called student planning committee where they just like yeah, yeah. For students to do use up some of the the higher end budgets that they have access to yeah, so they have like varsity teams that use that. So no, I was just like, since they're familiar with like how that structure, kind of like is is processed. I'm I'm assuming that. Oh okay okay. We'll okay. end up having this new brand of uh or this new department brand and and an area kind of configured to encapsulate the teams, and that'll be like Texas esports, UT esports, unions esports, whatever. Yeah, and then the third thing, I'm surprised I remembered all of this. So I wanted to ask about. I forgot what the previous two were, but this one is uh, like scholarships. It's probably not happening because it's a state school or is there something? Um, at the moment, not really easily done from my department. So it's something uh, that I would have to, I think, just get like a donation big enough to like make an endowment and then give that to scholarship or give that out as scholarship. Um, we We do have actually potentially one coming or like in play from I don't I don't know if I don't know if Dell is like interested in doing it or they were talking about it or if I can even say but you know there's a threshold yeah. basically you know if you give like 50k then there's like a forever uh forever like um 
whatever generation of 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 um, interest, money, endowment, blah blah blah. Like that's given out. Can use. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So, I'm hoping that that's how we kind of do it. Um, unless we just have like an excess amount of like revenue from you know reservations and camps in the future, and we can actually use that for like paying students more directly for their services or something once we have like the arena going on and we might be hiring for like you know um people that would be running the production um the production rooms and stuff or people that would be team managers for the for the varsity teams maybe maybe yeah. that might be in order and that's that's where i am right now too uh so the story of my scholarships at onu is um so I got brought in with the clear goal of like, you need to recruit a lot of people with mm -hmm. most private schools are like this. They, they don't want to be a part of that cliff of the students not going to college as much lower populations of students going to college in the next, whatever amount of years. Uh, yeah. Most private schools are afraid of that. And esports is a STEM side kick type thing. And we started to do more engineering, more computer science. So it made sense for them to bring it in. And I, it made sense for me of what their goal was, is like bringing a lot of recruits. So what I did from the get-go is I just brought in a ton of games. A ton of games was going to equal a lot of recruits. So I did 11 games right from the get-go. Wow. And when they asked, like, I was asking them how they do scholarship, and they didn't really do scholarship because it's a Division three school, meaning you're not allowed to give scholarship. Uh, they gave some scholarship to theater students, like talent-level people that would be, like, on the band or do their plays, and they have, like, a retail portion I'm saying retail. It's not our word. It's your word. So you understand it. They have a retail portion to their theaters and operas and stuff like that. So they give some scholarship to that to uphold the uh, talent level. Um, so that all made sense to me. And I said, uh, it always made sense that a school needs a budget and they're, they're going to have a pool of money and the pool of money is going to feed into that budget of like giving scholarships out. Every other school around me did that. Every school I talked to did that. I haven't heard of anyone not doing it. So at the beginning, I was like, I could probably get a lot of people have had no limitation just like a base ratio giving out like 2000 a year with no cap. And I said, like, do we still make money, uh, bringing in a student and giving 2000 a year? And they're like, yeah, of course, like no brainer. And I said, like, let's not, let's not budget it. Then let's just have it be a reoccurring thing that we can like, after the fact, pay into that budget as we get more students. Cause those students are probably going to be high retention too. And they are like, now that I'm in my fifth year, I'm in like 90 percentile retention of like keeping a student for a long time. Um, nice. That was really good. I was, uh, so you've probably seen that by Chris, um, with eSports Foundry, the metrics that come out. Yeah. yeah. I was like one of the re top recruiters, like year after year, pushing like 60 recruits that are like scholarship recruits. And, wow. uh, the only ones like going near my numbers were either like state schools or online schools or private schools that have done it for a while and like just had a history of it. So I was at like 50 recruits, 60 recruit. But post COVID, it was just like insane for me to handle. So like, I really dropped it down. I don't remember why I started saying this, if I needed to like make it relevant for you or just share my story with like the scholarship no, thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out, I, I was learning from um, Mike Aguilar, you know, Moog at OU and like how okay. he was kind of structuring his system. And it's just good to like hear more about like what is working for folks or what is like something that people are now straying away from like i heard Did he a have something that from... played through for getting scholarship well like he's he's actually working towards getting i think um a, a crap ton more like full-time employees it seems um yeah. that are going to be funded differently i i can't remember exactly off the top of my head but just like was getting 
giving me flashbacks to that conversation. Um, same with UT Dallas. UT Dallas had um, mentioned to me that you know their level of scholarships is is just like unsustainable and 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 their kind of like predicament and some just giving me warning signs of like how to best best uh, operate things once you do get a little bit of funding. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm honestly thinking that if we if we generate enough support from my end, this is just a slight tangent. Yeah. Uh, if we if we if we basically do enough good PR from all our two spaces and and the club and everything that's going to be evolving over the next you know six months, I can see our dean of students, um, who's the vice president of student affairs, or in that office. It's kind of like complicated. They they're like a dual dual position. Um, just they have something similar, so it makes sense. Okay, so I I can see them kind of like cracking open the like you know special use funds bag that might be a, you know tens of millions of dollars because we're rich in oil money and all sorts of things and just be like yeah. Yeah, oh hey <laughs> you know could that, is that something that y'all are interested in you know shilling out you know a small percentage to develop esports a little bit more so internally versus like waiting a number of years until Dell's, you know, thing falls off or something, you know, like that happens to where more people want to come on board as sponsors or, you know, yeah, you know, I just think internally, I think there could be a big push if it doesn't come externally because um, there's yeah. money to go around. You just really need to convince the right people um, and, and talk and, to and them be, and let them know yeah. what you're doing and the, the benefits of it. That's what I was going to bring up is like, so it it becomes such a complicated thing to talk about because I have like so many questions. So one of them is, uh, so like a strategy you could use to like start to route that now. So you're going to start having clubs using your space. You're going to have varsity teams. They're going to be going to events, building a reputation for themselves. From that, you're probably going to get like people joining the school because of that, people coming here because of that. Uh, it's It's going to sustain itself in that way of like, the club kind of doing what varsity programs at like privates and other like scholarship level supported or like uh, the employees doing just the esports stuff supported. Um, but you have people doing that for you for free at your school. Now that can be seen as like a good thing. It could be seen as a bad thing because if people keep doing it for free, what's to incentivize the school to exactly support it properly. And this is like a huge topic I want to eventually get into with like a few other directors. And like, uh, I don't know if I told you, but I have Greg coming in two weeks from now from UT Dallas. Oh, yeah. Wait, so, like formerly former UT Dallas, right? Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. was, he was like, he agreed to it. And I'm happy he did. Cause I know the way he's going to talk. Um, <laughs> I wanted to find someone that was like post collegiate that was okay with talking about the things of like, that's perfect. The opportunities that are there. And the things that got missed out and the things that got missed out so hard to make someone leave type thing. So I'm not going to push them too hard. It'd be cool to get some of that stuff. But uh, I think the state schools are going to have a pretty big problem that only the smarter leaders, the smarter employees, the people that stay there more than four years, five years, six years. Um, but your, your school's in such a different space because like your club leaders that graduate, they still stick around and help a little bit. And yeah. that like further sustains that it's going to live on without the support that you essentially want from the school. The support being like some kind of scholarship fund that is incentivized by like, you're going to get more recruits, you're going to get retention, you're going to get like marketing and PR and stuff from that. But the thing is the clubs are doing that all on their own. And like when you tap into that San Diego uh, 
I should probably talk to them. If you would think like they're at the top school, it'd be awesome to talk to someone from that club. Uh, Cause it'd probably wrestle their feathers a little bit of like, they're doing so much of what the school could be doing for them for free. Yeah. They're building their resume. They're, they're doing what they want to, they're supporting what they want, but it's also blocking what could be. I don't know if you agree with that. It's the way I kind of see it. Yeah, th- them specifically are are is a little bit different because I was speaking to more so their gaming club, which like runs their big like annual expo, like gaming expo events and stuff. Their esports side for the teams and stuff is kind of separate. It's it's not Triton Gaming, from my understanding. There's like a UCSD esports. Um, yeah. and that would make sense too with like the way clubs are. So like maybe. Maybe that school has like the tiered and uh, the people that do the expo is like the upper tier. And then the esports people are like tier two or three or something like that. And my school at uh, SIUE, which was like 30, 40,000, like sub state school type thing. Uh, yeah. It's so close to just being able to die every couple of years if someone doesn't support it student wise. And then if someone doesn't like teach new incoming leadership. Uh so like that's one danger. It doesn't seem like most big state schools have that danger because they're so well ran and alumni stick around and there's just people that care that are around that that help. And there's organizations that help too now. Um kind of like what Tesla was going to be. I don't know what organization would be now. It was I, I Uconnect just, kind of indirectly, but now it's like not as much Uconnect because Uconnect's kind of been stepping back. Uconnect and... probably was for Texas, but the way that we saw it when we were first starting, because we've been in tap with Uconnect for a couple years now, because uh, I really wanted to learn how to market my program and I mm. didn't have the time to do it. I didn't have a student that cared enough to do it. So then it was like, who's the third party person that could do it for us? And Uconnect was that answer. Um, and then when we started using Uconnect and it seems like other schools using Uconnect for the same reason. Yeah, it's like a a networking thing, but like anything, esports structure is like a networking thing where most of us came from somewhat of the same background and we can help each other. I, I think like it's just the people, not the organization helping the structure. Yeah, I can't really think of there being an actual thing. Like there's there's NACAD for us, the employees. There's yeah. NACE for like their competition thing that happens. Like the students kind of just get together, hopefully throughout their little like regional competitions. And I, I always feel like that that isn't enough, though, for like the clubs, because the clubs are like have this for the larger clubs, especially just don't have that direct connection to the competition aspect. So then they don't talk with other clubs and learn from other clubs unless there's like yeah. a summit uh, of some sort that you connect or somebody similar hosts, which, yeah, like in Texas, like you connect will do only Texas schools. You're right. And like, I didn't realize you know, there's there's a lot of people that aren't getting to meet and like figuring out from each other. And that's another reason why I wanted to talk to you is because uh, and especially just people in Texas, because I think Texas is like another up and comer. Illinois is close to me and, and I'm from Illinois. I know some of that. Indiana's close to me. They're doing some of the same stuff. Michigan's close to me. Um, they're pretty advanced as well. Same as Ohio. But Texas is advanced but you guys kind of keep everything within yourselves because you have so many people around you. So like there's so many schools that are so big that the competition and lands and whatever you would do sometimes is just internal completely because you have so many people. And sometimes like the Uconnect thing or there's probably other lands where it's like you only have to invite like two or three other schools that are close by to you. And boom, you have like a fully fleshed out thing that would be the equivalent of a big state land here in Ohio or like a big conference land within the Midwest for us because we're just so spread out and kind of like fragmented a bit 
Yeah, interesting. That is that is pretty interesting. And, and I I feel like we are like internally a little bit like fighting with like Austin or UT Austin and the surrounding schools from UT are kind of like pretty small or, or spread out. But like there's a huge hub like in Dallas, Fort Worth area, which is UT Dallas, UT Arlington, University of North Texas, and then a bunch of smaller schools around the area. It's like we we you know trying to learn from each other and work with each other and we will meet up at, at things, but yeah, we could, we could do better, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be people that are going to be doing better, like for you soon, if it's not already happening. Another reason why I wanted to talk to like Texas is I don't know what's going on in Austin in terms of like companies that are there that are going to be helping out. I know that in Dallas, there's a, there's envy and there's a couple other uh, like, esports organizations that, I'm assuming they probably are tapped into these colleges because uh, I went to a scouting grounds for league in 2017 when I like first started working this job here. And like I was talking to a lot of the GMs of the teams, the guy from Clutch Gaming, and I was in Houston uh, when he started doing all that. Nice. I was really tapping into the question of like, is college going to be relevant for scouts? Is it going to be relevant for like that pipeline? And they all want it to be. It's just very hard for them to know if it is or not. Uh, and it, it's probably still happening. I, I'm sure like, so Immortals talked to us when they moved to Detroit, I think. And I think Immortals is, I don't know what's going on. It seemed like really disorganized on how they were trying to mingle with like the community and trying to geolocate a little bit. Because most of these esports companies, it's like LA for in-person, online is the rest of the business. There's not that <laughs> many that, yeah, there's not that many that do That's like- it. That's it, yeah, honestly. There's not that many that tap into like, the city or the area and right before covid i was like it's going to change now because right before covid or a couple years before covid when overwatch league was starting i was in houston there was the houston outlaws i think yes and that was owned by optic yep. and the optics optics around now still yeah in uh dallas and i'm sure they're going to be tapping into colleges if they aren't already but uh the clutch gaming and the houston outlaws they were both starting when i was living in houston and there was like gaming coffee shops gaming uh like sushi bars and stuff like that uh the the equivalent of like arcade bars that are like pretty prevalent everywhere there was like that plus like you're watching lcs or something like what buffalo wild wings tries to do a little bit and they were packed like there was tons of people there especially when the named team started doing it like clutch gaming and uh, yeah outlaws and i even went to like the first overwatch league i, I didn't care about overwatch and i still kind of like don't pay attention to it because I'm not like a big fan. I'm like just a manager of like teams. So I went to like an event to see like how packed it would be. They rented out like a theater. And it was completely filled. You couldn't sit down. There were people waiting outside. There were people just like buying t-shirts and stuff like that. And it was a pretty sizable theater, like a normal, not a huge one that you would see like a really good like opera play or something, but like a big enough one that's like in every city. And I was like, damn, this is like the beginning. This is like geolocation happening. But it just it hasn't yet. Uh, but I think it's going to, and I think colleges are going to help that. I think high schools are going to help that. Because yep. I think the first couple of teams that start tapping into some kind of land support, like imagine if you were in Dallas or if you have a team near you right now and they were just like, we're going to help you do this land, use your facilities, bring in as many high schoolers as you can. They'll see whatever output they're looking for, be it like just eyes on them or selling something or I'm sh I'm sure it'll be fruitful for them once they start doing it, but they probably don't even have people in charge of doing that yet, so it's just not happening. Yeah, 
you know all the cutbacks and stuff but i but i feel yeah. like there's there's like definitely have been you know initiatives like you see gen g like do a lot of mm-hmm. um right university initiatives in like kentucky or kansas right or whoever do you know I can't any remember. details of that because I, I would love to like hear more details of it because to me the gen g the tsm the evil geniuses student type things yeah it seems like they give them a role that's not actually the role and they're more so like an intern and it yeah. could be like an internship that leads into a job that they're not doing yet yeah it does feel I like that from what I, otherwise i i didn't deep dive or like i i was of course aware of it when it was happening and starting to pop off like tsmu and the evil geniuses scholars mm-hmm. or something right or, yeah all their discord servers popped up and a lot of collegiate esports like um club leaders start ended up kind of getting sucked into them and it's like oh okay you know this is a cool thing we, we you get to like scrape the brands that you want to work for um potentially yeah. and, and and learn like what their insides are are up to um but i, I yeah i don't know if i wasn't there like a twitter thread of somebody saying like all, they all kind of like fell apart or a lot of them just aren't you know basically but operating there was at, i don't remember seeing it but the rhetoric i have i don't know if it's from like actual things that i see or whatnot or maybe like other podcasts I've listened to or other events I've listened to. Cause I've listened to the Uconnect things that happen every once in a while. I've listened to like things that spin do, or maybe evil geniuses will do something, whatever. And it just seems like if they were in that position to be an ambassador or an advisor or something like that, they'd have a lot of time to be able to learn what's going on in the nation and being able to teach that, understand it, bring it to their brand, whatever. And they're just not, it seems like they more so stay within their own thing. So like if someone from your club got that position, it seems like they teach from their club's point of view and they keep doing your club's point of view stuff because there's already a lot to do there. And they just stay within that, that bubble. The bubble doesn't really expand with this new ambassador job or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's also just like the kind of like, pinning or like anchoring a part of like you only associate with like the fans of that that uh team and then it kind of yeah. like separates out it's like yeah well if there isn't you know a lot of fans at this school it's like they just kind of like miss out on that and it's kind of kind of weird dynamic there where it's not like a you know teamless brand so kind of weird yeah did you get your I'm trying to remember back to like the original with this statement. Did you give your opinion on like if the clubs, like we talked about San Diego a little bit and started a tangent and all this stuff, if these clubs are actually hindering support, like do you think that's a real thing? Uh, I actually never thought about it that way. And then you got me, you got me uh, slightly convinced that it's a possibility for some schools. Um, I do think that it like, for, and, and I'm kind of thinking it from my perspective and my, our predicament and my one year of now experience not being a club leader and instead being like, you know, removed from it now yeah. um, or having a buffer of sorts that when you don't have any other people working on this big project of whatever collegiate esports might be on your campus, you know, I feel like it's like a adding jet fuel you know, to have all these people kind of like working, building the community and building these events and, and like taking initiatives because they 
are passionate amongst themselves on like sustaining this 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 uh club atmosphere and everything associated with the club um and and it's like just like difficult to control and maintain um but it is like i wouldn't say ever retroactively like t- you know taking a- taking away from like what the university is building or what the university should be like working towards i think it's always going to be a net positive in the long run um if if you know that club is well maintained and yeah no i i do agree with that um i guess i have like more of a pessimistic or efficiency argument to it because there always will be a net positive if you have passionate people creating a community for people to not be in that void space and not be making friends and networking and doing all these good things that these clubs and communities are doing it sucks that that'd be a bad situation so awesome that people are volunteering to do it awesome that there is some like pay to be able to do it there is some like uh, legacy structure to keep them not relearning the same thing over and over again so yeah all of that is of course good the only thing i'm bringing up is like how much better could it be if we ask for more because like when we look at what football has when we look at what uh sports has especially at these big state schools like even the fringe sports like if you look at a ucla for their gymnastics like i grew up breakdancing and doing gymnastics and i had a friend from my hometown go to ucla and she just had everything like so much support so much like it was like me doing my club and me doing all my stuff at my school compared to like what she was getting there and like like now she's a uh she does like stunting and stuff in la for like star wars shows and all kinds of cool stuff yeah. like that. Okay. And it was complete it was a complete stem of like having that support having like and the thing is there there's even with the best club leaders and whatnot you're gonna have like gaps of like people could be helped so much more so like even with my story of me doing what i'm doing at ONU for whatever amount of years I'm going to start having alumni that are going to be like 10 years older than the incoming students or the students that are like internships age. And I'm going to be able to lead them to those people. And those people are going to be what her story was of like, she got that stunting job through that story. So like, imagine if Wyatt through this work and doing all this stuff, Wyatt ends up working at LCK. Like that's his dream. He wants to go do that. And I start having students because I stay here for 15 years and I'm like, this is your dream here. Learn from this guy, go here. I don't think a student or club will be able to do that. Uh, it'd be rare if they're able to do that. And that's what like having us, like people that are like employed, like a staple point that's not going to change, creating the better opportunities than what they're just creating for themselves. Because there, there's maybe levels to it. There's like a level of like, you have the community, you have team to play with, you're making friends. Boom, the club's doing that. That's awesome. And even if the school's not going to support doing that, that's good enough. And then there's another level where it's like, okay, those people are getting paid to do it. Those people are uh, there long enough to where they're creating that network case study that I just gave a case study for. Um, Maybe you're part of the pipeline of people going pro, uh, like how sports do. Maybe you're part of like a whole different thing of you're able to market like this huge brand that you create like with their teams, like Maryville's probably doing that for themselves. Uh, Illinois State's probably going to be able to do it soon if they're not. They probably are. Uh, but the the bigger opportunity here is the state schools, and most state schools have those clubs. That story coming back is like the clubs are kind of hindering it a little bit. That's how I felt for a couple of years now. And when I thought about like how passionate I was and all my other club leaders were at my school, 
and what my club is now. So I didn't tell what my club is now at SIUE. It's a state school, like 30, 40,000 students. Um, they brought me in for advising. They saw that I created the club and it was still going on. It's still alive and it's recruiting a lot of people. It's retaining students. It's becoming like a market aspect. Um, I said, you can do it like three ways. You can have one, which I think you should do. It's like by far the best way to do it is like hire a couple people, do teams legit, make it a D2, D3, D1 sport, put it under athletics if it makes sense, put it on somewhere else if athletics doesn't like it, and then make a facility, start doing these things. And here's all the like incentives you'll get. Here's all the benefits you'll get. And I was like, second tier, don't do as much, but still do a little bit, whatever. Third tier was what a lot of schools opt into. Just build a facility. That's it. Let their <laughs> ID card, let their ID card, let them in. But you were at least a step up, like for sure a step up where it's like you have someone controlling it. You have someone saying who can and can't. You have someone making it feasible, like financially. Uh, but like for my school, like they have a really good Call of Duty team and they want to practice or play their matches in that room. That room doesn't have a manager that schedules it out. They can't do that. It's not, nobody yeah. owns it, right? So that's a big problem. Uh, there's been a few other schools that have that same example. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of tangenting on what I've learned so far, but. No, I see what you now you mean more so. Bit, yeah. yeah, of like how the, the club kind of causes causes the school to trip over itself a little bit or not want to like, yeah, take take more action. Yeah, but, but I see, think if I would say that on Twitter and like just say like, yo, these like imagine if I said this on Twitter, so like all you clubs are like super holding your schools back from supporting a better thing. All they're going to hear is I'm doing something great. Who are you to assume there's something better? And then they're going to shit on me. But this whole talked out thing is like, I don't think very many people would disagree that there's some route of doing things a little bit differently to get the better. Well, like, what would actually be the actionable from that? I'm, like, the the clubs, these giant clubs should, like, boycott, like, doing anything in esports for a second and then be like, yo, look at all See, I don't know how much power that actually <laughs> has with a state school. I, I, yeah. know at a, I know at a private school, it would have a huge amount of power. Like, if there's a private school that, like, they don't have scholarship, they don't have coaches, they don't have a good enough facility, they don't, they don't have, like, what they want. They see that they could be there. There's enough of them to where it's financially sustaining the school to have it. And, like, schools have to, like, I don't think there's any college that doesn't support entertainment. Like, you have to. That's part of the college experience. That's, that's part of why in-person colleges are still alive, because it creates the person. Uh, and it has all these other avenues to create the person. That's why frats are still around. That's why all these clubs are still around sports are within colleges there's there's so many incentives that the schools know they have to do and esports is becoming one of those um and for us to not push ourselves into that i think could be a missed opportunity for a while i think inevitably it's just going to be here it's we're way too popular there's way too many of us there's some schools doing it right that are pushing the agenda like if some of your students or some other state school students start pointing at illinois state and they're like look at this like why can't we do this this school's nothing compared to us like some people are going to have that opinion whatever uh it it's going to change but the actual actionable dude i don't know um i mean like honestly the, the you probably the have big... a better actionable than i do yeah well you, you yeah. know how it ticks there you know but the thing is is like that's a dangerous thing to say and that's that's what i learned with working here is like you'll start to see what's going on with your community with your program with your schools can do's and can not do's and you're like, man, I could just like 
tell these people what to do. I could tell my students what to do. I could tell my other departments, people near me, other head coaches. But then that's like, that's union type talk or something like that. I don't know how unions work. Um, it could be like stemming mutiny type thing or insubordination type stuff. You definitely don't want that. We're, we're, we I, I was more like so... We're walking on eggshells type thing. <laughs> I was more right. so thinking like, you know, probably the club should be thoroughly documenting exactly what their, you know, time commitment is like and their what their yeah, what their yeah. yeah, what their value uh proposition really is, uh or has been. Well like what 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 value are they creating and how much time they're spending doing it and all the resources that are like you know, not going towards, you know, increasing that or, or, or changing that. And I yeah. feel like if you just p pitch that correctly, then it, then it should be, you know, uh, an automatic like win for the university to support more. Or what I would say is I've never seen an it. internal pitch. I've never seen an internal pitch work ever. It's always mm -hmm. been some kind of an external. It'd be great to know if like you ever learn it, I ever learn it, anyone watching ever learns it. Like, is there some kind of internal pitch that works? Like sometimes, like sure, people say like they get increased salary for an inter internal pitch, but an internal pitch to increase the program, usually not. It's usually some kind of external. We want to be as good as a school. We see other schools doing it. That's fair. It's almost yeah. as if the story of how you got your job, it's the story of how I got my job too. It's most people doing that. Um, I, I haven't seen it at all. I mean, maybe Akron could talk towards it because they're actually fixing some of their things. That's the only recent story I think I know where it's like Akron was a bit fragmented um, with their facilities. They had their own problems they wanted to overcome from the school. And then they got successful enough to where they're getting their fix. I don't know what the details of that fix is. I don't I don't remember if they actually told me if they told me I forgot. But maybe that would be one of those case studies. But I don't know what the actual. Because it, it sounds easy. You get all these metrics they care about retention, hours spent maybe fundraising events, whatever. And then you could even go further. And this further is another like trouble state scenario. If you go further and you compare yourself, your program, your entity with another on campus, that other will get wind of it and you're shit on. Like that's, that's, that's what seems to happen. It, it is what happened with me. It is what happened with a few other people I know that have attempted and this becomes like the thing I'm scared of talking about on a podcast like this is like you could go in more detail and it'll make way more sense. But then those details are not the details you should be like saying you did internally. It's a it's not it's not a process. It's a it's a normal process that a lot of schools go through. A lot of jobs go through a lot of people managing people go through. But it's not something you want to just like endorse and say, like, yeah, this is how we're trying to get the betterment for us or our program. And this is what these people tried. That actionable is definitely hard, but it'd be awesome if it was real straightforward and it's like you start getting all these met metrics and you present it to a person that cares about that presentation and they're like, damn, we've been, we've been sleeping on this. Yeah, I actually, that's what I did before I left um, UT as a student. I like wrote up everything that I possibly could into like a cohesive document, sent that off to the dean of students. No idea if that was like any sort of influencing factor to when they like you know, position themselves with Dell and Alienware to build the space. So I don't know how much of an influence that was versus the comparison of like this state school and this state school in our conference, the Big 12 or the SEC as we're transitioning into that, you know, yeah. has it, so we need it. Um, 
it might be just have been like another tiny drop in that bucket of like oh yeah okay now i understand what the club is doing and how we should better support it but also we were going to kind of do it anyways because you know competition spirit is is strong amongst yeah yeah those big schools do you have to cut off at the 30 minute mark um not actually i do need to ask my wife about something at the 30 minute mark but i don't know if i need to cut off until i ask her what about you you have a team you have a game or something right so i did something it was actually uh ashley the girl you met at naked that got me into this it's called coach rivals where a bunch of working scholastic esports people make teams over the summer and we we just play and oh yeah it seems like it's almost completely high school people um Uh, not a lot of low rank people like trying to learn the game so it's a different group of people than i was used to but it's still cool to see what they're doing and what they can ask me and whatnot um I had one more question. I completely forgot about it. It could be okay. No, yeah, go for it. If 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 it could be short and sweet, or like we if, can I, we can try to make it direct. If we it was going to be a long it. one, and I'm really sad I can't remember it now. But oh no, most likely it sounds like you need to cut off, and we'll just do the ending. So I want to give you the chance to like say anything you're doing, anything you appreciate about this, or anything you want us to change. Uh, but more so like. What are you doing? What do you want to showcase? Uh, yeah, I I would love to just say that um, I feel like there's never enough content in, you know, new spaces like esports, like collegiate esports um, or innovative content, honestly. So that's what I'm going to be kind of like looking towards the future um, to directing my program as well as like my just like personal efforts. Uh, yeah. telling telling stories building in public um, and telling those stories of building in public um, whether it be related to you know the club life the the you know state school life or just collegiate sports in general um, that's what I'm really looking forward to doing with Longcord Gaming kind of at, at my right hand side of like you know joining me building a little production team utilizing our our uh, studio space once we have that um, and making that, you know, prosper, whether it's, you know, YouTube content, short form content, you know, whatever social media content, you know, content in general is what I'm really looking forward to doing. Uh, Even on my like personal stuff, I'm ace, ace SB literally everywhere. I'll be trying to kind of like put put out more of what I want to see out there from other universities that are, you know, diving into esports or just kind of like esports in general um or like internet media in general if you want to go that broad because there's there's just a lot of opportunity for us to make really cool stuff and and tell great stories and influence other people to also share and and build um something that i just recently published was old footage from four years ago when i was a part of the league of legends i watched it yeah oh god i I watched it (laughs) but it was raw footage mostly uh it was the lost you know like episodes so just to give a little bit of context and I'll, i'm going to shorten it to like a one minute spiel i was a part of the league of legends team as a support substitute player but i was only kind of like added on to the team in 2019 because i was shooting the pseudo first documentary series collegiate esports documentary series i think at the time mm-hmm. um and it was a week by week you know uh recap of our 
League of Legends competitive season and CLOL in College League of Legends of 2019. It was the last year that the regions were given scholarship funds. So we all won, you know, 56 or we all won $8,000 in scholarship, $56,000 as we won our Conference of the South. And it was probably the best team that we've ever had since the first team that we ever had, which was like Kiwi Kid and a bunch of other pro like level players. Oh, I remember. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 So that was, a, that, that, was our, <laughs> that was our, that was our, that was our alumni back in the day. He dropped out and we had other pro players that were like, or like pro level players that were really good in the first couple of seasons of League of Legends. Um, nowadays, uh, we're not as good with more people recruiting and such, but that, that was our time to play on stage and we lost power. And um, after building these episodes, like week by week, I did three episodes, um, I kind of got burnt out and we lost power for a vital uh, plans match that would pretty much easily put us in a position to win some um, final, final like matches to go to California because we already won our conference. You know, yeah. unfortunately, we had to do this other little plan bracket. Um, but we lost power for some of those vital matches and put us into a position where we had to play against uh, Columbia College, who had Misty Stumpy and, and it was a Nintendude or a lot of other pre previously high level yeah. ranked like amateur players. Um, and we unfortunately were, you know, not able to, to overcome them with their full roster, although we beat them earlier in the year without their full roster. So. It was it was pretty unfortunate that we couldn't go to California because of that. So I finally, mm -hmm. four years later, put that footage out and things like that. Those stories that I wish I kind of like put that all out when it was like happening, so it was more relevant. Is what triggered me to actually push for the university to build our esports space and have varsity esports program in the making and hire a position. And that's where it invigorated me to kind of like be in the position that I am now and lead what we're leading and, and stuff like that so i just think those stories are really important and learning about like filmmaking and, and the democratization of filmmaking how easy it is to kind of just record things and make a podcast i think it's yeah. like incredibly important for all future generations and of course it's naturally happening with tiktok and short form media and, and phones etc but i just want to keep on kind of like pushing that through through esports because that's what you know I, i'm working in but that's what i see myself doing as i grow past this too yeah that's awesome do you have like a department degree stuff like that you can tap into at the school to maybe make it more official because I, I i'd see a huge opportunity in that with like other schools would watch that and want to see like some kind of glimpse if there's like some kind of academic aspect or something they care about type aspect like whatever you're building it's being built for a reason and if you could showcase it i could see people wanting to see that you know yeah haven't yet I, because we're so siloed here i i have to go and reach out and convince people to like listen to me but i haven't been doing the greatest of jobs i've been hunkered down you know just like no i making know sure yeah. the space runs. but but that's i always the goal. say the same thing too yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the goal hard. is we have like a sports communication department that i'm like oh you should now utilize our spaces talk about how they're useful you know and, and or maybe you just make it and say can you can you endorse this? Can you? Yeah, like, yeah, them? or that. Yeah. yeah, any anything, anything related to that. We have so many different people on campus that would probably be interested if we just like caught their attention the right way. So yeah, we'll, it'll be a lot of building this upcoming year to make that happen. Yeah, well, good luck with it. It sounds like you have like really good support. You're the really good person for the job. You understand what's going on there. I hope nothing but the best. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, that's it. We can leave now. It wasn't two hours long. Uh, Thank you for coming on. This is it was awesome to learn what's going on in Texas and at your school and everything with you.
Yeah, no, I appreciate so much um, learning from other folks in, in the industry and, and I can't always stay in the Texas bubble or, or whatever bubble that I'm in. Like we're all in our own bubbles and it's nice to kind of branch out and yeah, yeah. meet and make these things happen. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you.